0: And we're going to read verses 1 and 2 this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 22. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2. So as you come to your place in Scripture, if you would stand with us this morning for the reading of the Word of God. 1 Samuel 22 verses 1 and 2. Reading here from a part of David's life. And this uh, particular time of his life, he has been on the run from Saul. His life is being sought after. Saul desires to kill him. And we find that David has been moving and maneuvering to stay a step ahead. He has been seeking the Lord. He has been uh, just in in the midst of the battle... Uh, In a personal way. And uh, here we're going to read these couple of verses here together. If you're there with me this morning, won't you say amen? amen? David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And I want you to listen to this. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them. And there were with him about four hundred men. Let me read this again. And everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto Him. Is there anybody in this house this morning that knows what it is to be in distress? Anybody here knows what it is to be in debt, to be discouraged, to be discontented? Come on here. Oh, I know, I know. Folks get nervous. we got suits and ties, and we've got our hair combed, and you showered and shaved and brushed your teeth, and you've got your best perfume on, and all of those things. You're looking wonderful, and you smell good, and everybody's here. But I'm here to tell you, we may not can see it necessarily physical, Brother Tobin, but there are some disappointed, distressed Discouraged, disgusted, discontented people that are in this house today. There is, if I might say, a bunch of brokenness. A bunch of brokenness. But this bunch of brokenness and... A ragtag group of people who maybe are in some rough places in life. If I can this morning, I just would like to preach with the Lord's help, just a simple thought. And bear with me because we're going to get there. It'll all come together towards the end. But I want to preach on two miles from victory. Two miles from victory. Look at your neighbor and tell somebody, say, I might be broken. Go ahead, be honest with them. Tell them, say, I might be broken, but I'm not far from victory. Amen. Oh, I might be broken. I might be shedding some tears. I might have some sleepless nights. There might be some pain. There might be some trial and tribulation. But Brother Udy, I'm not far from victory. Oh, I'm not far from the place where God's going to have His way once again. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today that You would anoint Your Word. We know Your Word is good and powerful. And Lord, I pray You would anoint to every Every heart and every ear that would hear. I pray, Lord, anoint my mind and lips to preach. I believe with all of my heart in all of the things that have already happened this morning, the inconveniences and the frustrations of just getting service going. I believe, Lord, that all for the purpose that we can deliver the Word of God, that someone today could find help, that someone today can find victory, Lord. I I pray you would speak. Hide me behind the cross. And Lord, let us leave here different than the way that we have come. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And the church said... Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Here as we look at this, we find and know that David has been hunted. As you read within the chapters that follow even here after chapter 22, you are finding the continual running and hiding, the fighting, the trials that David and his men have been in as they are on the run from Saul, as they are in a point and place as to where David, he is the one who has been anointed to be the king of Israel and we find that Saul is here and Saul has been jealous of David for much time Saul is fearful of David because David has the word of God said he had exercised godly wisdom he had behaved himself wisely we find as to where the traps and the tricks that Saul would try to set before him David had avoided and brother Chad in the process David had kept his integrity amen David had kept himself right and in right standing even though Saul he was appointed in a position we find that Saul was no longer anointed for that position Saul had a sentence upon his head the kingdom was being taken from him Saul brother Wesley we find The Word of God says in my opinion worse than the kingdom being taken from him the Word of God says that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. There was no longer a voice that came from God to speak. The prophet Samuel has died and Saul is aimless. Saul is wondering and Saul is miserable and he is looking, he is trying to snuff out and suffocate the life out of David how many of you know today and recognize and realize that it is not it does not matter the purposes and the plans that God has for your life it doesn't matter that you're saved sanctified filled with the Holy Ghost it doesn't matter if you grew up and cut your teeth on the church pews or you came from a rough life and by the grace of God you're Here today, it doesn't matter your story, it doesn't matter what's going on. I can assure you of this you belong to God, you've been set apart by Him. There is an adversary who is looking to hunt you down, He is looking to destroy, Brother Heath, our families and our kids. He wants to destroy the purposes and plans of God's will for your life. Oh, but can I say this morning and can I remind the church there are some of you that are in this house and you might have shook my hand. You might have smiled at me this morning. But there are some places in your life where maybe you feel the stress. Maybe you feel the tribulation. Maybe you feel the suffering. Maybe today the turbulent waters of this world seem like they're going to drown you maybe today you hunker down under the weight of feeling hopeless or helpless maybe today you could say brother Jacob I can understand the verbiage that is used to describe these men who are distressed, who are despondent, who are discouraged, who are in debt, I can tell you this morning it doesn't matter sinner or saint, it doesn't matter what claim, what title you claim. I will tell you this. We will fight in the battles of this life. There's not, let me just make somebody in here feel a little bit better because you might have walked in this morning thinking as you're at the end of your rope that you were less spiritual than somebody else or that your family was forsaken. But let me tell you from the pulpit all the way to to the back pew. There's every family that has issues. There's every family in points of distress. There are individuals in here in debt and in discouragement and bound. Some that are fighting for a sense of hope and joy. And can I say, you're looking of where to turn. But may I to you thanks be to God you got yourself dressed got yourself to the house of God got yourself in his presence because you're in a place where hope and help can be found not because of the name on the church not because of the pastor but because of who we love who we proclaim and whose we are and and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Could somebody say amen this morning? Oh! We find ourselves in these places. We find ourselves no matter sometimes how hard we try. No matter how spiritual we might be. We find ourselves in these seasons. David's arguments could have been, but I've been anointed to be king. Why would I have to endure such things? Why would I have to go through such trial? We find that while he is on the run, that he departs into a cave. He goes into a place to hide. He goes into a place to find a little bit of solace. I want you to understand this is not a Hilton. This is not a suite. This is not a vacation resort. He is inside of a cave, a cavern. There's lots to be said about the cave of Adullam. But we look at this and come to realize that he is in a place has to where he is in hiding. He is in a place as to where he's trying to make some sense. And about the time that he is there trying to gain his bearings, Brother James, he hears the footsteps of many, a man who make their way to that cave. The Bible says there's about 400 of them. But all 400 of those men, no matter the different walks of life, no matter the different shapes and sizes, no matter the different seniorities they might carry, money they might make, or positions they might hold, there was one common denominator, Sister Kelly. There was one thing they all had in common. Brother Pickens, they were all men who were suffering. They were all people, Sister Music, who were in distress. They were all folks who were in positions of life where it seemed like some could say it doesn't seem fair some would say I don't have the hope some would say I have no more strength in me some would say I've been run off there were some that were there Sister Kimberly because they were of David's household and they were what you would call guilty by association and therefore because Saul hated David Saul hated David's family and was trying to make their life miserable and we find that they all come Sister Amber and they're gathered in into that cave and they're all there in that place and Brother Heath are all there trying to make sense what are we going to do from here what are we going to do at this point point? and Brother Marvin the Bible says that when they came and gathered in that David he became captain over them he became a leader to them he became one who would give them guidance who would set the charge and the orders in place and can I say this morning that when we look here around this church when we take a look around what's going on in our lives there might be different situations and there might be varying degrees there might be some things that I might not understand about you and you may not understand about me but what I can assure you of is we all have found ourselves in places where we are at a point where we are trying trying to make sense of what is going on with the life around us. I find it interesting as to where they find their refuge. The Bible says that they came to the cave of Adullam. Now I want you to understand there is some significance here about this. Adullam actually has been mentioned in Scripture on several occasions. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But the Hebrew word for adulam is declared as this. It's meaning a hiding place. We find as to where adula in the Arabic means to turn aside. And to suggest adulam to mean retreat or refuge. In other words, you can interpret it as to turn aside into the place of retreat or refuge. Refuge, Amen. Can I say this morning that for some, that cave may not look like a place where you could find bearing again. To some they would say, why would you go and hide out there in the caverns of the earth to find a place for refuge. But we know that David was hiding for his life. But you have to understand that he was in a place, he was trying to find some refuge, not just for his physical life, But Sister Diana, he needed refuge for his soul needed a place that he could turn into and not only him but all of this bunch of brokenness all this band of brothers with the common denominator that they were in a place that was broken in their lives they come together to the refuge they come together to the hiding place they come together to the place where there is some safety can I say this morning I know that in many places the church has become a number of things for some people the church is nothing more than just another venue of entertainment for some the church is a place for a little dose of weekly motivation for some the church is a place as a social club if you will with some spiritual aspects to it for some church is a place cause it's the only place to go in the week you've been cooped up inside and you're ready to get somewhere and look around and see other people oh I know that for some there are some different things and we find there's all types Sister Kimberly of advertisements about churches I have heard churches say come and be a part of our church if you're tired of church come out to our place and we'll do this and we'll do that come over here and we got this program and we got this thing oh we got all kinds of antidotes and tricks of the trade we've got all kinds of circus performers, I can assure you and promise you of this: there are men who could—I uh, mean, they could tickle your ears much better than Jacob Smith could. They can dress sharper. They have trendy haircuts. They got—they wear their basketball sneakers and their ripped-up blue jeans and all that stuff to for everybody to feel like they're cool and they're hip and they're awesome. And here you are—you got somebody dressed in their J.C. Penny best. Come on, somebody! Oh, oh! You can, can I say you could go somewhere? And I mean, they could put on a show from the platform. And you came in this morning, and we had power issues and sound issues, and we've got folks sick and musicians missing. And some would look at it and say, "What kind of place is that?" Well, let me just make an announcement to you. Let me just tell you a few things about this house. Let let me tell you about a few things. There are some that would call us cavemen. They would say you're out of date and you're too old fashioned. There are some Brother Marvin say, you ain't got to preach like that, sing them hymns, talk about the blood, talk about the word, but here's what I know and here's what I want for Victory Temple. I want this to be a retreat. I want this to be a refuge. I want this to be a place that the distressed, those that are despaired, those that are hurting, those your family's messed up, your kids are on the run, you've got addictions, you've got problems, I want somebody who will come in this house and say, I have found a place of refuge. Hallelujah! Come on, somebody give Him praise. Somebody. If you came here, come on. If you came in here looking for the dignified, I'm sorry. There's too much hillbilly in me to be dignified. Sister Carmen, I grew up with the shouters and the letter outers. Come on. I grew up, Sister Gwen, with preachers that turned red faced and could spit ten pews back but you knew that they were anointed you knew they'd been in the prayer closet you knew they had the mind of God I've been a part of the church brother Chad where they said nothing but a bunch of weirdos and holy rollers oh and tongue talkers but I'm going to tell you I found the cave I found the place I found the hiding place of refuge for my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some looking around would say, why in the world would you bring your kids to such a place? Come on here. I'm telling you, because it is a place where the presence and power of God can reach and touch from the youngest to the oldest. It is a place... As to where, let me tell you, Victor Temple, we are not in the business of having the fancy resume and reputation. Listen, I want to have a ministry of this church that is full of excellence, Brother Christian, that loves people, that reaches out, that we take care of business the way that we should. But I want it to be known, Brother Tobin, that I don't care what color, what creed, what background, what pain, if I hear the footsteps and if all they say about us around town, Sister Elaine, is, oh yeah, victory temples turned in. They're that place where a bunch of broken people are at. Can I tell you, Brother Paul, that's the biggest compliment anybody could give me. Come on, somebody. Oh, Brother Keith, I want to be the shepherd of the broken. I want to be a shepherd to the hurting. I want to be a shepherd. It's an honor to pastor at a place where the presence of God can be found and lives can be changed. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, can I say this morning, it's that when it boils down to it, we are in a place, we are a bunch of broken people. And we're trying our best to make heaven. And while we're trying to make heaven, Brother James, we're trying to reach out to other broken people as well. I want you to notice something that stood out to me said that David, now, we know that David was anointed to be king, and maybe it was because of their recognition of his anointing, Brother Chad. But here's what I think as well. They may have recognized the anointing that was on his life to be king and pledge their allegiance to him. But I also believe, Sister Laura, that the thing that compelled them the most to draw themselves to David was the fact that here was a broken man who could understand broken people. I want to tell somebody here this morning, you're distressed, you're in trial, you're indebted, you're discouraged, you're discontent. There's these things that go on and attack our lives and plague us. And sometimes we wonder why we're walking a certain road why we're enduring certain things, it's because, Brother Darren, we can only effectively touch other people who are in those places if we have been there ourselves. Ourselves. Effective leadership. Come on here. Effective ministry. Victory Temple, we've been through a few years of some healing We've been through some years of God pouring in, but He doesn't pour into us for us to sit around, walk around, say, Oh, come on here, pat ourselves on the back. Oh, look at here, look at that. Look at what, we, what we're doing, look at who we are. Uh-uh. Let me just tell you this He is pouring in so that we, as His people, well, Pastor, it's up to you to pour out. No, it's my position and my job to preach and to, the Word of God says, for the equipping of the saints. So, Brother Eddie, when we're here together and the Spirit of God is moving, God is putting some tools in your toolbox. God is equipping and God is helping. Because there's people you work with I'll never meet. And there's people that God says, this is who I want you to pour into. Do you know some broken people at your job? Do you know some people got some questions in life? Do you know some folks in your family, Sister Mary? Do you know, Brother Keith, some people? Come on here, Brother Chad. Do you encounter some folks uh, as an officer the law that every day you go out you're meeting most people on the worst day of their life. God's pouring into you so that you can pour out. Sister Lindy do you see people in the hospitals that are at a point of hopelessness? Don't know what to do. Oh any other nurse could come in the room. Any other person could walk in. But I want you to understand when you go in there. God has you on assignment. God's put you there. For more than checking temperature and drawing blood. There's some people you're coming across. They need to know about the hope. They need to know about the power of God. They need somebody with a heart of compassion who can reach them where they are. So friends, you fill in the blank. It doesn't matter, brother Eli, if you're fixing a busted pipe. Brother Udi, if you're punching in another code. It doesn't matter what it is that we're doing. God has positioned Us bunch of broken people around others that need help leading them to the place. Now I want you to understand, when I talk about the place, I would love, I want to see this house filled up. But the place is more than just this building. The place is at the foot of the cross. The place is the presence of God. Now let me say this, we might be a bunch of brokenness, but our brokenness is not so that we stay in that perpetual state of brokenness. Come on here. It is not that we always stay. Now we've got testimony, because here's the thing that's powerful about a testimony is it tells us, it tells us, brother Marvin, of where we were and where God brought us to. Come on here not for bragging rights of our own, but so that we can give God the glory and say and be able to tell somebody, if He did it for me, I know that He can do it for you if He can mend my family, if He can save my marriage, if He can save my son and my daughter, if He can heal my body, if He can answer my prayers, if He can do this, and let me tell you, friend, I can tell you with certainty there is nothing that God cannot do. Sister Amber, you got some testimonies that when people talk to you and say, I don't know if God can answer a prayer, it seems absolutely impossible. Sister Amber, Amber, you got a testimony that'll say, Let me tell you about impossible. Let me tell you about where I turn to. I want to tell you, friends, we need once again to return to the place of refuge. He is our hiding place. He's our strong and mighty tower. Still, we can find help in the shadow of his wings. Oh to turn to Him. That's step number one. We have to turn to the right place. Have you ever noticed that when you're in the lowest points of your life, brother Chad, that's when you are tempted the most to stay out of the house of God. Why? Because common sense says in those times and moments, I need more of God. But isn't it funny, all of us, all of us fight those times. I don't feel like going to church. I'm miserable. I'm frustrated. I'm aggravated. I'm angry. Come on here. You might as well say amen or oh me. I'll call out every one of them until somebody gets on and says "Amen." amen. I'm this. I'm that. Fill in the blank. Put in the adjective. Put it in there. But have you noticed the tendency of the flesh as it says I... I ain't going to go be around them people today. I ain't going to go be around Pastor Howdy Doody. How are you doing? I ain't going to do that. I ain't shaking his hand. I'll slap his hand away. I'll knock that smile off your face, Brother Jake. Come on here. Brother Come on here. I ain't going to go. You know, sir, so-and-so, she's going to see if I even... If I even look a little bit sad, I'm gonna get a hundred questions. What's wrong with you? What's going on? And I don't want to talk to anybody. Come on here. Let me just tell you this if you have such a fight to stay out of the place of refuge when you're in the middle of it all, that should tell us how much more we should be determined to get to that place. To get to that place. This is not about not hurting your pastor's feelings because you didn't show up to church. This is not about that you weren't here and you didn't give or pay your tithe. This is not about all the things that we look at and sometimes check the boxes. When we are not in a place where His presence is, we are missing the opportunity for God to do something phenomenal in our lives. I want you to catch something here. When we look at this, I said that God doesn't bring us to that place to stay broken. John the Revelator said, I saw those who overcame that dragon, that devil, that serpent. And it said, Brother Gary, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That testimony that says, I'm not staying the same. I might have some problems right now, I might got some issues, I might got some things. But I'm not going to stay this way. I want you to notice something that I thought was very interesting and some of you Bible scholars probably already knew this. And to you might say, oh no big deal, I already knew that Brother Jacob. But let me just point this out to you. It's interesting to find where the cave of Adullam was. because. History and geography teach us this, that Adullam it was one of the royal cities of the Canaanites. It stood on the old Roman road in the valley of Elah, which was the scene of David's memorable victory over Goliath. If you look at 1 Samuel 17 and 2, the Bible says, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah. And they set the battle in array against the Philistines. It says here, it was one of the towns which Rehoboam fortified against Egypt. It was called in Micah 1 and 15, Adullam was called the glory of Israel. The cave of Adullam has been discovered, listen to this, two miles south of the scene of David's victory over Goliath. As David went down into that valley, and he went down into that cave, I wonder, Sister Laura, if at the moment of his discouragement and despair, if he realized where he was. He was going to the place of refuge. And brother Chris, here's what I've come to learn in life. That oftentimes some of the greatest trials of my life are within just a short distance of where some of my greatest victories were. Hear me somebody. You can be in a place discomforted, discontented, indebted, all the things that describe these men, a bunch of brokenness. But there was a point, I do believe, the Bible doesn't declare it. This is just my imagination. Allow me, if you will, the fact that at some point, Brother Wesley, David comes out of that cave and he looks towards the direction of the valley of Elah. And he says, hang on a second. Maybe one day, Brother Tobin, he goes... While he has the opportunity and he can get out and be be out in the open air, and he walks out those couple of miles. And Brother Keith, he stands right in the middle of that valley. And his mind goes back to what most theologians believe as a 14, 15, maybe 16 year old boy. And once again, Carmen, he hears the roar of the Philistines, he hears the blasphemy of that giant, Goliath. He smells the smells that war produced, and he hears all the things, and he stands there. And he relives Sister Phillips in his mind. As he told that giant, he said, You come to me with sword and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Come on somebody, and something begins to happen because brother Chad he realizes I'm only a couple of miles from where one of the greatest victories of my life was. You see for some they thought that maybe forever the cave of Adullam would define who he was. Maybe those men went into that cave thinking they would be forever defined as the outcasts, the ragtags, the broken bunch. But brother Wesley they were just two miles from victory. They were just two miles, amen, where it all started, Sister Karen. Where the power of God directed a rock out of the sling of a shepherd and landed in the middle of the Philistine's head. And David walked over and took that sword and cut the head off that giant. I want to tell somebody in this house, you ain't called to stay broken. You ain't called to be in that place forever a place of retreat but you're just two miles from the greatest place of victory in your life and so recapture the power the promise and the call that God has upon you Amen David took a look at that valley and remembered and realized what God had done and that if God could deliver Goliath into his hand That surely he wasn't going to die there where Saul had him hunted like a dead dog, David said, or a flea. Come on here. There are some of us in this house, Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. There are some of us in this house. We are in places that this morning it's no secret you're under a weight, you're distressed, you feel you're drowning. You feel like you're living indebted to your past. You feel like there's all sorts of discouragement. They said discontented. Maybe you're not satisfied. That's what that means. You're unhappy and unsatisfied maybe with the trajectory of what's going on in life right now. The Word of God reminds us of the character of Christ and it says this, A bruised reed he will not break. And a smoking flax he will not quench. Those reeds, we're talking about the reeds, the cattails and that that will grow up in bodies of water. Get a strong enough wind or severe enough weather, they might bend over. And Brother Wesley, the Bible said the character of Christ, he don't look at something that's bent over and frail and fragile and go and break it off. A smoking flax is a wick of a candle, if you will, that's got just a little bit of smolder left. Have you ever seen a candle? you ever tried to blow out a candle? And it's in the in-between. It's almost out, but yet it comes back to life. There's a little bit of glow left. That's what that means, a smoldering wick. He doesn't go over Brother Jason and put it out. In other words, we serve a God who's in the business of restoration. We serve a God who's in the business of reminding us of how close we are to some of the greatest victories of our life. And I say that to remind people in this church this morning. I want you to think about where He's brought you from. I want you to think about prayers that he's answered. I want you to remember brother Eli you're a whole lot further than what you used to be. I want you to remember sister Laura what was a pain and a broken heart one day now is a place of victory today. I want you to remember brother Eddie there was a time behind bars and addiction and life seemed hopeless to a man of God full of the Holy Ghost in the presence of God today. I want you to remember what it was. I want you to think about where he brought you from I want you to thank Brother Yudi a life growing up around Hinduism and false gods to a man who serves the true and living God today raising his family I hope I'm preaching to somebody in this house who can remember I was a bunch of broken mess but I realize what Jesus has done and I'm just a couple of miles from victory He's not going to leave me in this place. I believe this morning there's some deliverance in this house for somebody. I believe there's some help for somebody. I believe there's some that are here and you're in points and places of your life. You have had moments of what's the use? How come? This is frustrating. Can I tell you? Turn to the place of refuge. Come on in find a place. But what I love about the story, you can keep on reading. Those men didn't stay there. Brother Marvin, that same broke, broken bunch, those men who were a mess, do you know what title they later carried? David's Mighty Men of Valor. Will somebody hear what I've got to say this morning by way of the Holy Ghost? You are not in that place right now to stay there for God to crush you and kill you where you are. He's wanting to make something more of you. But we have to go through some brokenness. We have to get to a point of complete and utter despair at times to say, I have no other help but you. Can I wrap up with this? Did you know that David was inspired to write two psalms in the cave of Adullam? Psalms 142 and Psalms 57. (coughs) Psalms 57 and 1 said, Be merciful unto me, God, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Listen to this. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. Until these calamities be overpassed. Listen to what he says. My heart is fixed, O oh God, my heart is fixed. You want to know what else he did? While in that cave, he began to worship. He said, I will sing and give praise. Awake oh, up! My glory! Awake, psaltery and harp, I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations, for thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. That man wrote that in the cave of Adullam. It sounds to me, Brother Chad, that's the writing of a man that sees victory just a couple of miles away. That right there tells me, Brother Udy, that there's a man inspired by the Lord who knows I ain't always going to be this way. I ain't staying here. Hallelujah. Psalms 142, he said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before Him. I showed before Him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then Thou knewest my path. I could go on and read, but he begins to converse with the Lord there. But here is a man, Brother Marvin, who's trusting the Lord. Trusting the Lord with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask somebody this morning. We've already established the fact we we are a bunch of people who have some broken places in our lives. We are a bunch of people who can recognize and understand the very situations that some of these men, how it was described, their situation in their lives. It doesn't make you unspiritual. It doesn't make you backslid. It just means you're in the middle of the fight. The adversary trying to wear you out, and take you down, and discourage you. But this morning, I pray that you would help look and turn aside to the place of refuge and allow God to help you. Oh, that today, you would find help in His presence and come to realize once again, oh, that you're not in a place to be overcome with defeat. You're just two miles. You're just a couple of miles from the place of victory. If you look close enough, you'll come to recognize that you're in the place, you're in the vicinity where God has wrought some of the greatest victories in your life. And it's time with His help and His mercy to reach out and grab a hold of them once again to grab a hold of them once again. If that's us this morning, I'm inviting you. Why don't we come, find ourselves a place in these altars this morning Why don't we come and find ourselves a place to say, Lord, help me to see and know that I'm not here to stay. Help me to see and know. Maybe this morning, you stepping out and obeying the Lord, it's a sign that you're you're coming to the place of refuge. Maybe for somebody else, you're recognizing that in my brokenness, I'm not here to stay. I'm here in the place of victory. I'm here in the place where God has given me some of the greatest battles of my life. Oh, that from brokenness to beauty, from brokenness to restoration. Oh,